some candy for my stupid brother. He couldn't come with us because he's sitting in a pumpkin patch, waiting for the great pumpkin. It's so embarrassing to have to ask for something extra for that blockhead Linus. I got five pieces of candy. I got a chocolate bar. I got a quarter. I got a rock. Big tea drinker? Yeah. There's a podcast about tea. He knows. Hey. And he wants you to know, too. Boy, I got big cookies. Hey, I got a package of gum. I got a rock. I was listening to a podcast on if dogs know their dogs. There's a podcast about that? I'm gonna kill him. You can't kill a president. He's not a president. He's an ordinary person. I can kill an ordinary person. Wow. I can kill a hundred ordinary people. Trick or treat. I got a popcorn ball. I got a fetch ball. I got a pack of gum. I got a rock. Good morning, America. How are you? I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Rod. And, and is it a good morning, Dave? Is it really? Not really, no. But starting to wonder if there'll ever be another good morning as long as I live. This I is know. a great. This is a great example of how things work, I guess, in a way. See, when you're in radio, when you're doing a live radio show. It's very, well, it's live. So when something happens, it really doesn't matter what you prepped. Something happens yeah. and boom, you, you move to that. Now, I think that there's some problems with that mindset. Um, I, you, you tend to have to react instead of think, which is something that I don't necessarily like to do. Um, but if you're on the air and something happens, you got to shift gears and off you go. Or you talk have to about make, something you may not know a lot about. Right. Or you got to make some sort of decision. Um, do I want to talk about this? Do, mm. do I want to go some other direction? Um, whereas with a podcast, you kind of, you know, you kind of set in stone and there you go. So as we've talked about at great length, I do, mm -hmm. in fact, write an outline for the show. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. I'm sure Rod is on his end, although I can't see his computer. He's pointing to it, saying, see, it's right I here. Am. And there are things I want to talk about. And then I get up this morning, and the first thing I get is a text from Rod. Now, understand this. This 7.30 in the morning thing is getting to be hard. It is. I'm, I'm not really sure why, because it didn't used to be. But now all of a sudden it is. And it could be my son's fault, because my son goes to online school now. Uh -huh. So instead of having to get up at 545 every morning, now I don't have to. So I'm not used to it. So You're when, training your body to right, sleep in later. Right. So when the alarm, plus it's getting darker, uh -huh. sun doesn't come up at three in the morning anymore. So now when uh, when that alarm goes off at 7 o'clock, it's like, <sighs> and I lay there knowing that the coffee machine is going to kick on at 7.15. Yeah. And I think, do I want to get up and have a piece of toast or something? Do I want to? And then the text machine thing goes, bing. We use signal, folks. We have a signal group. And it goes, bing, on my watch because I turn my phone off. And it says, I'm not going to be ready till 8.30. Yeah. <laughs> and my first thought is, great, I can get another half hour of sleep. Yeah. So I don't know why this 7.30 thing isn't working anymore, but maybe we should move it later. Maybe we should just shift it. <laughs> yeah. There are some things we could do. Anyway, not that anybody cares. So this is the kind of thing you go through with a podcast, which you can't do with a live show. With a live show, you got to go, hey, the downbeats at 7.30, boom, we're on air. Yep. Hey, the red light goes on and you're live and it doesn't matter what kind of condition Rod's in or me. Yeah. You have to go. But it also means that this outline kind of goes out the window because after I texted Rod back, I made the mistake of opening my news feed. Yeah, that happens. In which Every I day. learned that Hezbollah, which is not Hamas, 
which is the ideological equal of King George III. For those of you that keep sending me emails going, Dave, you don't really think that King George was as bad as Kavas, do you? Yes, I do. And I can prove it. Coming up this week on the Dave Bowman Show. There you go. Now Hezbollah this morning, or this evening in, in Israel, has decided that they're attacking Israel from the north. And here's the really weird part to this whole thing to me. They've spent a week talking about how if Israel does anything, we're going to retaliate. If Israel does mm-hmm. anything, we're going to retaliate. If any do- <laughs> Now they're tweeting. They're tweeting that they're doing it, that they're attacking. Because huh. they know how- that nobody cares. I wonder how many social media people they go through because, you know, there's a lot of like not not good stuff for them, according to their religion, to see online. Right. Kind of like even on Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) We didn't mean that. Sorry. That's that's not what that means. What does it mean? Yeah. You know, (laughs) if Hezbollah now is attacking. So has the equation changed again? I, I Iran, we're told this morning, Iran has announced that they are moving troops to the Syrian border. And the United States has announced that we are sending a second carrier task group, strike group, Mm -hmm. to the eastern Mediterranean. And there are maps out that you can see that are based on where, because you really can't hide a carrier task group from satellites and stuff. So there there are accounts out there that are following it, and they have maps drawn with, ranges of different types of aircraft and believe me everything that needs to be in range is is yep and soon there will be two of them and i don't i don't this isn't a navy tactics and strategies course but a lot of people out there talking about how aircraft carriers are the thing of the past and this isn't world war ii and what do you think you're going to do with that let me tell you what you're going to do with that. You are going to project power. That is uh-huh. what aircraft carriers do. And they are the best. I would guess there'd be the strikes in Syria, right? Who knows? Because we've already, we've got people on the ground in Syria. We do. We have people on the ground in Israel, they announced this week. We have troops on the ground in Israel. Now, ostensibly, they are there to coordinate evacuations. Ostensibly. Uh huh. But remember that the first troops on the ground in Vietnam were also there ostensibly, which is a word that I love, to quote-unquote train and observe. Yeah. And if you believe that, well, you know how it goes. (laughs) So it's been a stressful week. I mean, we've um, we've done two events here in my area, that are, um, I I wouldn't call them pro-Israel rallies, because that's not what they were. They were prayer services, like we would normally have. They were the evening prayer services that were in turn then dedicated to supporting of Israel, supporting of our brothers and sisters overseas. One we had about 40, maybe 30 people at. It was at a house gathering here in Silverdale, which was beautiful, and it was... Uh, wonderful and it was nice and those kinds of the other was on bainbridge island the waterfront park we probably had about 300 people there that's pretty good which was yeah it was little was it a nice was it a nice meeting it was except i didn't really get to go Uh, the problem was cammy had to be at work i had to pick up cammy to get her to work at 6 30 the meeting goes from 5 30 to 6 is at bainbridge island which is 37 minutes nominally away sure so my original plan was I'll go to 25 minutes of the 30-minute meeting and then zip out and go home. Yeah. And a rabbi calls me about 4 o'clock and says, hey, can you pick up the programs? They're in Silverdale. Oh. Said, okay, sure. I mean, it's five minutes from here. It's no big deal. Sure. So I go pick them up. I get halfway to the island. And he calls me and says, did they put the flyer in there? I pulled over to the oh, side of the road, no. and I'm like, no, there's no flyer in here. He goes, oh, we got to have the flyer. So I drive all the way back to Silverdale, which I know doesn't sound like a lot. It's it's five miles, mm-hmm. but 
it's five miles on a two lane road at rush hour. Sure. Where you're going to an island that literally has one road going to it with two lanes. Mm-hmm. And all the people who work on the island can't afford to live there are leaving for the day. <laughs> so I get back to Silverdale, go to the place. And, oh, that's not ready. It won't be ready till tomorrow. Oh, no. So I call around. I said, look, it's not going to be ready till tomorrow. Blah, blah, blah. I'm on my way. So I get about a third of the way there this time. And he calls me back and says, it's ready now. I called him and it's ready. So I go back, get the plot, get the flyers. And now I'm 37 minutes away from the meeting. But now the meeting starts at 530, by the way. Now it's 507. So by the time I get there, hand off all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the one of the police officers there is an old shipmate of mine. So we spent, you know, five, ten minutes talking. By the time I was done with that, it's like, it's, I got to go. I got to get Cammy to work. So so I literally saw none of the meeting. It is online, though. You can watch it. It's a beautiful service. And uh, there you go. So we had that going on. Of course, they had the riot over in Seattle that nobody's talking about. Um, the, there was a riot in Seattle? There was a fight between pro-Hamas people and Jews, yes. The okay. Jews were having a, a you know... A gathering and Hamas attacked them. But of course, if you read the Seattle Times, what you'll read is about how the police stepped in and broke up the two groups who were yelling and shouting at each other. But if you happen to find the video, which you can online if you know where to look, you're going to see very quickly that it was a tad bit more than a people yelling at each other. So I'm not clear on why the Seattle Times thinks that "Mm, if we just... We just ignore it, it'll all go away. You've got the Muslim riots, not riots, but protests in, in London, mm-hmm. taking over sections of that. It's it's a little unnerving, this whole thing. And watching what's going on, you've got riots in France right now. And now you have Hezbollah attacking the northern border of Israel and bragging about it on social media because, you know, nobody's going to pay any attention to that. Yeah. So it must be Israel's fault. I mean, that's what happened in Afghanistan the other day when the Islamic State blew up a mosque. A mosque. Hmm. The Islamic State blew up a mosque, killing 17 people. Must they have were, been have, must have been Israel's fault. Must have been Israel's fault. They, they weren't the right kind of Muslims. Apparently not. So there you go. So... And then, of course, we spent all day, all week on edge about the day of rage, the day of jihad, mm-hmm. which I'm just going to tell you from the word go was bullshit. But sure. NBC you get Baghdad News. Bob out there telling you, oh, we are going to have a day of rage. Yes. That's OK, though, because NBC explained to me, NBC News explained to me that the day of rage was actually... Just a Trump and MAGA fantasy. It was never, it was never real. There was no reason to be upset about it. Actually, it was just Donald Trump pushing this. I'm like, you know, wait, huh. wait. What about all these videos and press statements? How mentally and- retarded do you have to be to try and make that leap? Seriously. I mean... Actually, that's uh, that's that's unfair to the actually mentally handicapped people, right? Because well, the amazing thing about to make that, that leap is twenty minutes later, NBC News is tweeting that the FBI director says there are credible threats and you need to take precautions. Yeah, well, I'm like, well, but actually, we were told that it's just Trump. I don't know. Anyway, nothing up here around here happened specifically in Kitsap County, but I think nothing happened in the central Valley. Yeah. Which is, um, good. I I think it would be contained mostly to larger cities, such as Seattle, Los Angeles. Although I don't know how well that would go over in Los Angeles. I just don't. I, they're strange at Boston, New York, that sort of thing. And in fact, there was, Riots and, and, and conflicts in in Times Square, I guess, 
Yeah. Rashid Talib, the congresswoman. Is that her name? Rashid Talib, yeah. Yeah. She uh she got herself into some debates on social media about stuff. I don't know. It's it's I was listening to a guy last night, he was talking about this um what did he call this? He had a specific word and it was right there in my head and now it's gone. It had to do with the moral equivalency of things and the way people visualize things. And the experiment was he showed people a map of the Middle East. And in one map, he showed Israel, as it is, tiny, and all these Arab countries around it. And the people who looked at that map leaned sympathetically towards Israel. And then Uh he showed them another map that was blown in so israel looks big and palestine looks gaza looks really small and the people who saw that map leaned into favoring gaza the palestinians and he called it i can't remember the word he used for it he used a word uh, had to do with had to do with your sympathies are being played on by manipulation of the media Uh which of course is true that's what's happening anyway and here you have hamas and hezbollah putting out pictures of of children who have been killed in Gaza by the Israeli bombings. But they're the same people who are also putting out videos of them beheading babies and shooting people, and nobody seems to be caring about that. They they have cared about that. I mean, you've got all those Harvard students that are getting clapped back on now. With businesses saying that, you know, those pro-Palestinian groups are like, eh, we don't want to hire any of you. Please, we want your names because we don't want to hire any. Right, which is great. That's awesome. But, of course, well, how how long will those groups stand like that? How long will they continue to say, you know, this is Well, a bunch doing. of them have already retracted their statements. Right. right. There were articles in the New York Times, which, again, I read the New York Times. And some of you have objected strenuously to that. Dave, why do you read the New York Times? It's a socialist paper. Left wing. Yes, it is. I don't read right wing newspapers because, number one, there aren't any. But number two, I'm already right wing. I know what I think. I don't need to be told what I think. What I need is to hear counter arguments so that I can make sure that I am preparing myself and logically thinking through things so that I can go, well, that's bullshit. <laughs> so they got an article about the mosques on Friday in America and how the, how the mosques, pre- the imams are teaching that Israel is evil and Israel is killing Gazan children and blah, 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 blah. And then there's this sentence in the article. Are you ready? Quote, ready. there were few direct mentions of the attack that Hamas unleashed on Israel on October 7th, in which at least 1,300 people were killed, 150 taken hostage, provoking the latest military barrage from Israel. Huh. Wonder why there were so few mentions of that. Because they just want to present one side of the image, one side of the conflict. Because the completely made-up, phony religion of peace doesn't actually believe that? That's my question. I don't know. Moral equivalency becomes one of those things where it's like, well, what about ism? They did this, so we're justified to do that. You know, it's 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 frustrating. And, of course, it's human nature. This has been going on for thousands upon thousands of years. Yeah. And it's always... Well, we have a whole Jacob, Jacob and Esau thing, right? Right. There's always this mindset that whoever portrays themselves better as the victim is the favorite. Which, and I'm just going to say this, Israel does not do a good job as portraying itself as the victim. And I know if you hate Israel and Jews, you think that they do, but they don't. They they do knock-knock attacks on buildings. Well, it's easy. They drop a small bomb on a building and then go, "Hmm, we're coming in 15 minutes with the real one. Yeah. Well, it's also easy from a Hamas standpoint because they can they can set up their rocket launchers next to a school or a hospital. Next to? You or mean on. in or on? Yeah. Yeah. And then when that gets blown up, oh, they, they attacked the children. Israel sends out a memo saying, if you're a civilian and you're in Gaza City, 
get out now. Uh-huh. And Hamas says, oh, no, they're lying. You will stay here and prevents people from leaving. Who's the real terrorist here? Uh-huh. I don't know. You get into these moral equivalency arguments and you get into those things frustrating. I wish you could remember the life of me. I wish you could remember the word that guy used. He has a, oh, it's, it, it's this mindset that we get in our heads where we assume that because someone is smaller, weaker, that they're automatically right, and they're not. But we tend to take that assumption. We tend to take the well, assumption like that the someone... Underdog syndrome, basically, in a way, yeah, right? In a, in a lot of ways. And we sort of assume that the underdog, you know, doesn't deserve to get the hell beat out of them because they were being a jerk. Because they're smaller. So we either, well, that big guy beating that guy up in the bar must be at fault when we don't even know all the details. So I suspect we're going to see a lot more of that. I suspect we're going to see a lot more pro Hamas and now Hezbollah in the streets of wherever you live. And I'm struggling with this, Rod. I'm going to get a little personal here. I. I wonder how much, because I'm pretty militant, and I wear, you know, I wear Jewish accoutrements and uh-huh. stuff like that. I'm wondering how much I should publicly display those things as I go out. Now, I live in Silverdale, Washington, where we have an Islamic center in Bremerton, but we have two synagogues, too, yeah. in the area. So we synagogues outnumber Islamic centers two to one, three to one, really. Yeah. I'm not really know, concerned Dave. about here. You know, should I be concerned? Because, you know, 23andMe got not hacked, but there was an account that went rogue and downloaded a bunch of DNA-related data of relations for the Ashkenazi Jews. And uh, I received my notice because I am I'm about one quarter between one-fifth and one-quarter Ashkenazi, my data was also taken. So right, but do you think I? Hamas and Hezbollah have time to go through the 23andMe data to figure out? Mm, no, but do you think that there's going to be people within within uh, the states, you know, that, that are it's groups possible. that, you know, collect that information? Because possible. they got my name, they got my city where I live, they got everything. Did they compensate you for this? They have compensated me, no, because it was because I agreed to show that to my to my DNA relatives. So it was someone who was doing the searching through the DNA relative thing. My information's there, but not from me, from my mother. So I don't know. I it makes me mad. I still do. I, I got my five dollars and seventy five cents from Experian, though. So woohoo! Well, a lot there's, of still there's, so there's that, yeah. Yes. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of struggling with that. Um, might have to go to Seattle here in the next week or so. You know how how public do I want to be with this? Now my inclination is to throw on my IDF T-shirt and fuck them. You you know what you should do? Well, you should do that and wear a MAGA hat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd go well. I know this will shock many of you, but I don't even own a MAGA hat, so. Oh, I am shocked. No. I don't I don't look good in red. Red is my favorite color, but it just blue brings out my eyes. So if you see my hats, they tend to run blue and gray with the exception of my Oklahoma hat. But I still want to wear a red make taxation theft again hat and see if people like complain complain about me being a Trump supporter because of it. Of course they will, because they can't. And that's how social media works. This guy's wearing a red hat. Yes, yep. but it has a Cincinnati Reds logo on it. Well, but that means you're a Trump supporter. Well, maybe hey, I am. And maybe I am. But anyway, I don't know. I'm struggling with that. Struggling with where this is going to go because this is. Folks, I lived through the Cold War. And uh-huh. I'm telling you, this is the most unstable the world has been, certainly since 1989. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where this is going to end up. I know this, the Mad Mullahs in Tehran 
are fucking nut jobs and rich, rich. Yeah. They nut are. jobs because we, we gave them yeah, money. We gave them and then we said, and then we stopped. Didn't we, did we stop payment on that? I don't know. I saw a thing saying we were going to stop payment on it. And then Iran went to the United Nations and said, they can't, they, they signed a deal. They can't stop. It. So I, I have no idea what I know. What I know is they spent a hell of a lot of money on rockets and paragliders, and nobody seems to be bringing that up. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But, folks, I would be cautious about things, and I would be, I mean, I'm nervous. I'm not scared, but I am not happy about things. So. Yeah. In some ways, I think it's a good idea that my son is homeschooled, because I suspect that even in the... Even in the secondary schoolings here, it's going to become an issue. What do you think? WTF, WTF at whatthefrock.org. I don't know what WTF is. But WTF? That's WTF. If. Just, just making up letters. It's WTF at whatthefrock.org. Stay with us. We'll be right back. kind of set the international stuff aside sure a bit. it's not that it's not important put the just, clutch in a little bit kind of ease off let's talk about national issues because okay. because that'll sure. calm things down oh my god so steve scalise dropped out of the speaker's race before there was even a vote well this someone had something news. on him right had to have well no he didn't have anything on him he didn't have the votes mm. you had republicans going out there going oh i'm not gonna vote for him and if you have more than eight of them, why bother? Sure. Do you think Steve Scalise wants to go through 15 rounds of negotiations no. and votes? And that, that was only ego-prone McCarthy. Yes. Who, by the way, you know, now I'm being told by people, well, he was the most conservative speaker we've had since Newt Gingrich. Which may be true. I He may be the most conservative speaker we've had since Newt Gingrich, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's conservative. Sure. His voting record is 47% with Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi's voting record is 6% with Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. That's not the hallmark of conservatism to me, but, you know, I'm... There were a bunch of articles complaining about uh, how the Valley, California lost power when McCarthy was kicked out because, right? Yeah, he was he was in a position of power, and it had been what Nancy Pelosi before that. So of course, you know, Californians all freaking out that we may not have a Californian representing. Wait, Josh Harder doesn't have any power? Oh no. No, no, he doesn't. They had to redistrict him because they pulled him out of my district because he wasn't going to be able to get the votes that he needed for the next round. Kind of like Jerry McNerney. And and Mm -hmm. those of you not in California are listening to this going, who? Yeah. California politics is great. And anyway, point of all this being that we still don't have a speaker. So, of course, we have a war in Ukraine, a war in Israel. An economy that's melting down, a border that's not, and we have no Congress, essentially no Congress. So, what do we do? I mean, that's this is the thing. So now people are starting to discuss this. I saw a tweet this morning. Sent that tweet. We have an interim, don't we? Have an interim speaker that's yes, kind of we acting. We have an interim. He's he's, but he's not the full speaker, so he cannot control agenda items. Okay. Literally, the only thing he can do is recess and uh, call for a vote. So he's kind of like a linesman on a on a soccer pitch. He really doesn't have the power. He's kind of a ref, but he doesn't really have it. I was going to say a linesman on a hockey rink, but for the European audience, you kind of get the same. 
So Bill Crystal, who is a journalist, tweeted this quote: "The house. This is was this is morning. The house is in crisis. This, by the way, Sunday, October fifteenth, the Ides mm-hmm. of October. The house is in crisis. The best solution: colon Speaker Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries, who, by the way, just like to point out here, is Muslim." Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to disagree with Mr. Crystal on that issue right there. The best solution to the issue in Washington, D.C. is not a Muslim speaker, period, nor is it a Jewish speaker. Let's find an actual American mm-hmm. to do this. Speaker Jeffrey, quote, five Republicans support Jeffries for Speaker. House is run for the next two years by moderate Democrats who are checked by a Republican majority who can still defeat rules and legislation, unquote. Does that make sense? Let's say it's not Jeffries. Let's say it's Nancy Pelosi, who doesn't qualify as a moderate by any stretch of imagination, but, I don't know, pick a... Pick a moderate, tell you what we'll do. How about a moderate Democrat by the name of Derek Kilmer from the 6th District here in Washington? He's unfortunately my congressman, right? So they throw him up there. They get five Republicans to vote for him. And Derek Kilmer becomes the Speaker of the House of Representatives. That's just just fantasy, folks. I, I get it. But. Number one, Derek Kilmer isn't going to go up there and go, well, I'm speaker. We're doing it my way now. He's going to do exactly what Hakeem Jeffries and Nancy Pelosi tell him to do as speaker. Right? Uh So the Republicans supposedly still have a majority. and, And that's where Crystal's wrong. Two years is nonsense. It's the elections next November. So Sure. Things will change after that. Right. So what happens? Do you think this makes sense? And more and more Republicans are saying this. They're going to have to reach across the aisle. Because no singular Republican is going to get those votes. Now again, I'm not debating whether that's a right thing or a wrong thing. That's not what I'm saying. Always vote your conscience. Always. Yeah. So if you can't convince Republicans to do this... Whose fault is that? Is that the eight people that you can't convince, or is it your fault for not being able to convince them? I go back to Speaker McCarthy. The reason Speaker McCarthy was thrown out is because he could not articulate his vision or anything else. He couldn't tell you why he should be Speaker. And so he made a bunch of Faustian bargains that bit him in the ass. It's his fault he's not Speaker. He he pissed a lot of people off with those bargains that he made. Right. And then his performance wasn't. Up to instead of saying right, instead of saying I can't agree to that bargain, so I guess I'm not going to be speaker, which is what he should have done. That's what somebody with actual moral compasses and you know bedrock principles would have done. But he sold himself out, so it's his fault. I'm not blaming the eight people, although a lot of people are now. So so we're back to this question about what if five Republicans, eight Republicans, whatever it is, or Democrats crossover. Pick eight Republican or eight Democrats that are in absolutely secure districts that couldn't that couldn't lose if they killed someone. Nancy Pelosi, mm-hmm. Hakeem Jeffries, people like that. People who have no chance of losing no matter what. Five of them, eight of them get together and go, well, we're going to vote for whoever is speaker. Mm-hmm. Whoever the Republicans end up running. You think that's a good idea? I don't know. I really don't know. They're going to be they're going to be going back and forth for a while on this. Unfortunately, so you'll see movement as it gets closer to the was it the funding deadline, right? Because they only passed that was it a forty five. I wonder day? if they will. Yeah, it's mid November that it runs out. I wonder if you will. I don't wouldn't, know. Wouldn't Democrats at that point use that as a as a as a sledgehammer? See, Republicans can't run can't be trusted to run the government. I don't know. I just know that the best part of this whole thing is they finally kicked Nancy Pelosi out of her office, out of the speaker's office. She wasn't in the speaker's office or whatever. She was in, she was in a how, anti, she, they, they call them hideaway offices. There's their uh, offices that are in the building. 
to me, that whole thing is just nonsense because it's tradition. Denny Hasbro, when he mm-hmm. was out of the speaker, had the same office for years. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. It really I just think it was funny. It was funny. What's funny is he did it while she was in California. <laughs> that's that's, that's hilarious. Funny. Yeah. But <laughs> and it's the interim guy, so he doesn't care. Right. And and you know who else has offices in there? You know, in this this. Oh, if I was the interim guy, I'd be cleaning out. house. I'd be like, you know what? Nope, well, you got to move. My question is, why do you need a hideaway office? What's wrong with your regular office? It's not. It's not like Nancy Pelosi has. You remember the the scene in the Distinguished Gentleman where he gets this closet in the upstairs wing of the executive because because he didn't show up in time to to bid on offices, so he gets the worst office out there. And it's it's not even an office, it's just a closet. Sure. It's not like Pelosi's in there. So, and committee chairmen get giant offices. And so anyway, I didn't put a lot of that. So let's go back to this. Let's go back to this thing here where, okay, say the Republicans settle on a candidate. I'm just picking a name because it doesn't matter. Sure. So it's Congressman Jeff Flapjack from Central California. Okay. Okay. And Congressman Flapjack is not a conservative because he's a California Republican. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to get those eight people's votes. But these eight Democrats in absolutely secure positions pull the Republicans inside and say, we'll support this guy. But, dot, 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 here's what we want. I have this itch on my back I want scratched. And what if two of those things are... No more Hunter investigation, no more impeachment. Mm. Would the would the non eight Republicans go for that? I don't know. I don't know. You don't that know. Be... You don't know. Because I they, know. Would they go for that? Would the non eight? Would the other two hundred and ten Republicans? There's going to be say some. I would imagine. It? But the Democrats have at least a hundred of these people that are in secure districts. Yeah, but uh, if the Republicans, if they if if they were to do that, they would they would be. Oh yeah, they would lose Republican support. They would, but they'd get a speaker. Hmm. Do you think they would go for that? I don't know. I, I'd see them j- jumping on somebody quickly to get them in there to pass the budget or whatnot, and then. But you're not going to do that. And and in order to do that, you're going to quote unquote need Democrat support. Well, but they could always, you know, they could always McCarthy him, right? Only if you get the rules. Only if you get the agreements. Hmm. And if you have 210 Republicans plus I don't know, 20 to 50 Democrats. You don't have enough to to stop it, right? Yeah, true. And then the Democrats' problem goes away. What if the Democrats pull them aside and say, okay, no more Hunter, no more Biden, and we will make sure, superdelegates, that Biden is not the nominee? Well, would Republicans go for that? I don't know. I can't see them doing that because they they need the Biden stuff to continue on. Right. Exactly. They need it to go on. And yet you need a speaker in order to make it go on. You can't you can't win this. How do you do that? Who's the who's the Republican that's going to get those eight people to vote for him? To continue that on. Who is that person? I don't know. I don't know. Nobody does. Nobody does. And so what do we get? I don't know. Are there any, uh, are there any, I don't want to say libertarian, but moderate people in the Republican party that would, Oh yeah, there are, there are moderates in the Republican, but they're not going to get the votes of those eight. Hmm. Or maybe they will. I don't know. Lauren Boebert voted for him. Marjorie Taylor Greene voted for it. Well, who knows? Let's not talk about Lauren Boebert. (sighs) You know, and again, I there are there are Democrats who are in such secure districts that they could literally kill a person and it wouldn't matter. Yeah. I've often joked 
about Nancy Pelosi, unless you have video of her kicking puppies off the punting puppies off the Golden Gate Bridge, yeah, and they'll you don't, just keep voting for her. And I'm not even sure of that. She, I'm pretty sure that if Nancy gonna, Pelosi was doing that, she'd still get elected. She's going to pass away, and she'll still get voted in. Yes, yes, she will. So, who knows? I, I don't know. I'm, would Republicans go for that? Because I got a feeling that's where we're headed. Hmm. And I could be wrong. Hell, I might be wrong. I'm sure that there are Republican sycophants out there that are going to call me and tell me, it ain't never going to happen. But I would remind you that Kevin McCarthy voted with Nancy Pelosi 47% of the time, mm-hmm. while Nancy Pelosi voted with Kevin McCarthy 6% of the time. Do you really think there aren't Republicans? That's compromise, out there? Dave. That's what's called compromise. Yeah, it is. But not the way you mean it. Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Rod. Normally this time of the show, we turn to the pages of the news and we, we WTF. Yes. It's a favorite part of the show. We find weird stuff mm-hmm. out there. But it being the Ides of October and headed in just a couple of short weeks to the All Hallowed Eves on Tuesday the 31st. Which actually gives us two more shows before then, but you need to start prepping now because Halloween events start happening before that. For example, next Saturday, we have a huge trunk or treat thing that we're going to. So you need Those to be prepared now. Yes, they are. We take our submarine veterans float over to the base for the trunk or treat. And they have this rule. I think it was three pieces of candy per person. Yeah. And we said, bah. And our sub pet space, we spent we spent about six hundred dollars on candy, and we were just handing out candy by the handfuls. Yeah, we were like, sure. we don't care. What are you gonna do? Fire us? Yeah. And it was wonderful. I had one of my seventy-five year old sub vets tell me after this whole thing, you know, all these kids, all this candy, said to me, "quote My face hurts. I haven't smiled this much in years." Well, that's good. So we're going back this year. Now, last year we won first place. As the best trunk. Sure. And this year we told them, no, we're not in, we, we yeah. don't, we're don't not even judge us. We're just here to hand out massive amounts of candy. That's all we're doing. So we're going to have fun with that. So that's next Saturday. And one of the things I say to my guys is we need candy donations. You need to bring candy, but bring good candy. Oh, okay. So that's a subjective. That's, a, that's subjective it? to the is eyes it? of a holder. Is it a subjective thing? I think it is. Here are the 20 most hated candies for Halloween. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Number 20, Lemonhead. Okay, yeah, I guess so. They're, I mean, I didn't hate them, but I wasn't thrilled that I got them. No. And you, it's a candy that's okay, but you really got to be in the mood for it. For me, I... Lemon, not my favorite. It's good in tea, but that's about it. I, I don't. I mm. number nineteen. Oh, I so agree with this. Double bubble. Okay, we're gonna disagree, Dave. I, I like double bubble. It doesn't As last Halloween very candy? long. Halloween candy. Yeah, yeah. You like, would be happy like with it. getting double bubble in your trick or treat bag. I love double bubble. It tastes if you're the, I love give out the bubble, bubble gum. gum if you're going to give out bubble gum, it's hubba bubba or nothing. Nobody's going to give out a pack of hubba bubba. Well, again, I come back to what I said before to my sub vets. Don't bring me crappy candy. You bring me good candy because I used to date a girl who lived together for about a year. You know her. Anyway, point was that that was her rule about Halloween was we don't give out fun size candy. We give out full size candy. 
Okay. Because this is what people this is loved about. your house. Yeah, exactly. Right? They did. And then she dumped me for another guy. Laffy Taffy, number 18. So I like it, Laffy Taffy, especially the banana flavor. I hate but chewy I, stuff. My, my kids my kids would bring that home, and they wouldn't want it, so I'd eat it. Right. And then you'd go to the dentist to replace all your crowns and fill yeah, it. Yeah. Number 17. I'm not sure on this one. I'm kind of ambivalent. Smarties. Yeah. They're okay. I just... The thing I don't like about Smarties is one pack is not sufficient. You got to have five or six packs, and you got to stack them in your mouth. <laughs> well, they're they're kind of like in some ways they're like sweet tart wannabes, exactly. right? Exactly. Number sixteen, jelly beans. Now, I'm going to disagree with this one, but only on one condition. If they're jelly bellies, they're great. Anything yeah. else is crap. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I'm not a huge fan of jelly beans to begin with, but jelly bellies are pretty good. And and even my jelly bellies, I only like certain flavors, certain colors. They ha- number one has to be reds, blues, oranges, greens, and then everything else. And I don't really care what the red flavor is; it just has to be red. Huh. So, number fifteen. This is controversial. The Tootsie Roll. Yeah. I- I've I've not really cared for them. I'll eat them, but I never, I've not cared See, for them. Yeah, I won't all. even eat them because again, they're so hard on my teeth that. It's like, yeah. Oh. Number fourteen. Sorry that this even has to be on the list. This candy should be so hated that it shouldn't even have made the list. Nick L Nip, wax bottles. As a so kid, I loved the, ki- I loved the juice from that, and the wax chewing the wax was like. A weird experience. It was a disgusting experience. It ended up being disgusting, yes, but as a kid, I didn't care. Which I think the only time I ever had them, I ended up spitting out because it was so nasty. And I, I and nasty is, is, that's not even really the best term for it. It was hideous. It's like those wax lips, right? <sighs> Number 13, I don't really get because I've never really considered it candy. Mentos? No, I haven't. Number 12, I really don't get. Because, again, I don't. who would be doing this at Halloween? I don't know. That's why the that Cadbury was my question. Cream egg. Who's yeah. giving Cadbury cream eggs out at October, in Halloween? They're obviously left over from earlier in the year. Which is probably why they're on the list. But otherwise, I don't have a problem with Cadbury cream eggs. They're, they're really good. Decent. Number 11, the Red Hots. In my younger days, they were okay. They were okay. Nowadays, I don't like the after effect. Number 10. You ready for the top 10? Ready. This one I absolutely reject out. Drummel. Almond Joy is the number 10 most hated candy. I can, I don't know who you people are that hate Almond Joy, but ugh, I don't how like can you joy. hate Almond Joy? I'm not a huge fan of coconut. Oh, dear God. It's okay. What is wrong with you? As a kid, I hated coconut. I hated coconut. In fact, I got the Almond Joy. I never ate them. Never. You can give them to me because I love love Almond Joy. I love coconut. In fact, for my 10th birthday, my mother made me a bundt cake. It's a chocolate bundt cake. Mm -hmm. And you know how the bundt cake has that center ring? I don't know how they do it, but it was coconut. Hmm. And it was so good. I love that. Number nine, hated by 17.7% of Americans, is the dot. Yeah. Dots. And I completely agree with that. Those are just vile. Number eight. Now, this is where we're getting into 18.5% of Americans hate the Brock's pumpkins. Isn't it just candy corn? I mean. Yes. See, that's the thing. It's exactly the same material as candy corn. But it's shaped like a pumpkin. Yeah. And it has a little bit more, because it's bigger, so it has a little more of that interior stuff, which is so overwhelmingly sickly sweet. So I didn't mind having a few of those, but it's, it's like you can't eat a lot of them. It's, no. it's one you, you don't want a lot of those. One or two is fine. Yeah. 
Number seven. Now we're into the 20% range, hated by 20% of America. Hot tamales, fire and ice. I don't think I've ever had the fire and ice. I've had the hot tamales before. Yeah, I can't imagine that mixing those together would be. Number six. 21.5% of Americans hate the Peeps pumpkin. I didn't even know that was a thing. And I will say this. I will die on this hill. I don't know what the hell's wrong with the, with the other 79.5% of you. Everybody should hate peeps. Peeps are horrifyingly bad. <laughs> horrifyingly bad. They are nasty. I know one person that actually likes peeps, and I make fun of him mercilessly every year at Easter time. In fact, I have been known to order peeps for him that I intentionally smash. <laughs> I send them to him because they are so Just bad. Sugar, sugar-covered marshmallows is all they are. God, I hate marshmallow. I hate, I've never liked marshmallow ever. And I don't, I don't know who you people that actually like those are, but you're wrong, and you should be punished. <laughs> Number five, we're into the top five. Twenty-one and a half, twenty-one point six percent hate bitto honey. I don't agree with this at all. That's one of my favorites. Why? Because, again, I come back to I can't eat them because they're... Well, I love the flavor. I don't, like, chew them, chew them. I right. keep them in my mouth until they get soft, and then I'll chew them. But I love the flavor of it. It's just so good. It's one of the few candies that I will I will eat. Blech. Number four, the Jawbreaker. These were big when I was a kid. I don't think I've even seen... The... Remember when you could get them in the, the little 25% 25-cent machine? Yeah, yeah. Well, and you can get the really, really big ones up in yeah. Columbia when you go to the old, the old candy store. You can't even get that in your mouth. It's like a pool ball or something. I don't, I don't get it. Number three, the atomic fireball. This That's like that gum, giant, right? It's the no, cinnamon gum. No, this is a hard candy. This is a hard candy. It's like a giant red uh, hot. Yeah, I, I didn't. It's like a jawbreaker that. that's cinnamon flavored. Mm-hmm. And believe me, not, they are not to be outdone though. The next one is yes, <laughs> salsa not to be cinnamon. outdone is 26.1% of the hot tamale. Yeah. Which number two. again, if you like that sort of thing, but number one, hands down hated by 36% of Americans, which is again, far too low is candy corn. And what I hate okay. most about candy corn is that, if I accidentally ingest some, I'm going to have to ingest more. It's like it's yeah, it laced it's like, with addictive. It's like crack. Yes. And I hate that. <laughs> That's why I don't even buy it, because it's like, I don't want that. Don't even want anything to do with that. So, there you go. I remember go. liking that as a kid, though. As a kid, we I loved it. We all did, candy. because it was so addictive. It is, yeah. It's, and, and that's the same with the Brock's pumpkins, uh -huh. except that those are so sickeningly, sickeningly sweet that you can generally kick them out. Anyway, that's the top 20 most hated candies in America. So if you're coming to the trunk or treat next Saturday, do those, not buy any of those. Yeah, none of those will be on the list. Right. Except for the Almond Joy. You can buy all of those you want. But I don't like score bars either. Score bars, Heath bars, score bars, same thing, just different companies. They're too hard on my teeth, but... It tastes great. Anyway, what do you think? What, disagree, agree, WTF at whatthefrock.org.
the way, I don't, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but whatthefrock.org is expiring this month, so we, we got to I didn't see that. that. No. I keep getting a renewal notice. It's because I turned the auto-renew off. Oh, okay. So that it doesn't surprise me. But then right. I get the notice saying, hey, you need to renew this, and I forget about it. Do you need some money? That wouldn't hurt, but... <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Anyway, yeah. the whole point being that, <laughs> I mean, sure, send me money. I, that coffee, right? Do I we have, have a coffee? Yeah, coffee? I have a coffee account on my plausiblylive.com. Yeah. And anyway, point of this being that I, I just remembered that, so I should probably write that down. Renew website. Yep. Otherwise, your emails will bounce when they send yep. it to us. This is true. So there you go. Well, it's Sunday. The good news about this Sunday, though, is the Broncos played on Thursday, which means I don't have to watch them lose today. Yeah. Yeah, they lost, didn't they? Of course they lost. And and now starts the whole, should we just bench Russell Wilson? <laughs> and And here's the reason. Okay, so follow me here now. We paid this guy $250 plus million, gave up five draft picks for him, Plus another draft pick for our idiot coach. Sure. And you will never convince me that Sean Payton is a good NFL coach. You know why? Because he threw the ball on second down inside the 20-yard line in the NFC Championship game. Now, you can bitch at me all you want about, but the ref didn't call pass interference. He threw the ball on, a second, on second down inside of two minutes when the, the Rams didn't have any timeouts. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to me about the pass interference call. Talk to me about the idiot coach calling the pass. I had a friend try to tell me that, well, it wasn't him. It was a quarterback that audibled. No, he didn't. Anyway, you're right. If it had worked, the game would have been over. But it didn't, and the game wasn't over, and they lost. Mm -hmm. So we traded another draft pick for him. And now we're talking about, well, we're five, six games into the next season. Should we just bench him? And here's the reason that we bench him. We don't have to keep him next year. Hmm. But if he gets hurt and can't play, he has a guaranteed $37 million against the cap for next year. Yikes. If he doesn't get hurt and we just cut him, it's not guaranteed. Well, so his motivation would be, hey, where's the biggest lineman I can have tackle me? Right. Can I piss off my linemen so that they start <laughs> they start doing lookout blocks? But then again, he probably wants to stay healthy because after this two years, he's going to want to go somewhere and go, see, I'm not as bad as I look. Sure. So he's kind of in that position of, well, you know, which do I do? Which do I not do? But yeah. the Broncos, the, the Bronco conversation right now is, should we bench Russell Wilson, our $256 million quarterback? Bench him for what is my question. So I what haven't a, really watched the Denver games. Is he really the problem? He's a problem. Okay. He's certainly a problem. The other night he had like, through through the first three and a half quarters, he had like 56 yards passing. Yeah, that's not good. No, it wasn't good. And they had one good drive. The game's 16 to 8 at that point with like five minutes to go. We get the ball back, we're driving, and of course we fumble the ball. Uh-huh. So... And we end up losing 19 to, six, 19 to 8, which pissed off my cousin because he had Denver to cover. Oh, ow. <laughs> and that field goal made it not a cover. <laughs> which, of course, raises the whole argument about, you know, is the NFL just a gambling I think so. syndicate? And anyway, it was pretty funny. But... I kept telling him, why are you betting on the Broncos? Rule number one in this family is we do not bet on the Broncos. We love the mm. Broncos, but we do not yeah. bet on the Broncos because... I wouldn't bet on the Raiders. Not only will you get your heart broken, but you'll lose money doing it. That's just dumb. And you don't want to do that. You wouldn't bet on the Raiders? No. They're favorites today against the Patriots. Well, of by course. By three points. I'd bet on Belichick not finishing the year. Really? Yeah. I think he'll finish the year and then retire. Maybe. Because they owe him too much to just fire him. I mean, have we? There's never been a dynasty like the Patriots. Never, and never will be again. No, but you have to look at it was how much of it was really him versus a lot of it was him. I mean, what does he yeah. have now? 
I mean, tools are important, but sure. he doesn't have his offensive coordinator. He doesn't have his quarterback. He doesn't have the defense that he had. You know, who knows? Anyway, the good news is I don't have to watch the Broncos today. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy with that. Bad news is I'm done with baseball for the year, too. So, yeah. Jeez. Hockey starts up, though. Hockey does start. Pretty excited about that. And my my grandson is playing hockey. and That's cool. So hopefully I'll get to go to a game next week and we'll see you there. There you go. So anyway, you want to get a hold of us, WTF at whatthefrock.org, or check us out online at whatthefrock.org, or on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Just look for What the Frock, and you can comment there, send us an email. Did you get the email from the... I One did. of our was going to bring you beer. Yeah, I did, and, and I'm sorry that I couldn't meet up. I didn't respond just because it was a busy week for me. Oh, well, there I had you meetings go. Out the so we do. So see, see, he does read the emails. Just, yeah. I appreciate the thought that we're John. introverts, people. We don't like this reason we do this, so we don't have to talk to people. And on that note, I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Rod. And this has been what the frock. <laughs>